Hello folks. This Smart Schools video guide is designed to supplement the Smart Schools written guide, which provides all project details that include a project summary, key vocabulary and background, a materials list, procedure, activity extensions, and activity scaling. The written and video project guides assume an audience of non-engineers, so you guys are safe with me. Let's get into it. Smart buildings merge environmentally responsible design with embedded or hidden computing technology powered by lots and lots of sensors. This lesson introduces smart buildings that rely on what we call the Internet of Things this massive web of connected personal devices and appliances connected by these sensors and networks. The project concludes by asking student teams to unplug, to set technology aside for a second, and to use only their spidey senses, the tingling spidey senses. That's this innate ability to sense problems, but an even stronger sense of how to solve those problems. To apply these smart concepts to improving their schools, culture, climate, and community. Now, approach is a creative variation of triengineering.com's smart buildings and the Internet of Things lesson and activity. Let's talk vocabulary right over here. First term that you've heard already is sensor. A sensor is a device that receives and interprets signals. And we generally think of them as electronic sensors. I'm a very human engineer, so I'm big on intuition, insight, and this sensor that I call discernment. This kind of understanding how things are, being able to take the temperature of a room internally via your spirit. They're both forms of sensors. Next term is smart building. Smart building is a structure that uses embedded computer systems powered by sensors to provide personal, environmentally sustainable comfort to workers. Next up is the Internet of Things. That thing is a computing system that allows multiple devices to communicate with each other, again, powered by sensors, to support personalized services for human beings. And my last term is Spidey Senses. Straight out of Spider-Man, Peter Parker. That is an innate ability to sense problems, but an even stronger sense of how to solve them. Now in the Spider-Man episodes, the spidey senses foretold of danger, which is a problem. I'm generalizing here. It's a problem. And Peter Parker, who had a lot of engineering, when he was Spider-Man, he had tools, technology, strength, intuition, and wherewithal to get himself out of trouble quite well. 
let's talk about spidey sensors, a derivative of, of spidey senses, y'all. Let me say some real things to you here. Now, while I'm researching this project, I spent a lot of time being both amazed and overwhelmed, and I'm saying overwhelmed in an exhausted kind of way, at the technology I witnessed. I've got a 30-year window on what the world looked like in 1987, what it looks like now. There are other windows much wider than mine, but my window, I use a lot of Windex on my windows, and I kind of know that I don't know, and that allows me to stay in student mode, so I take my time and understand what's going on around me. So anyway, in this research, I remember seeing a building unlock its doors in a video. A building unlocked its doors in the early morning hours for a female employee who arrived at work early who was walking to work in the dark. Yeah, that's nice. The building then lit her direct path through its hallways to her elevator. It didn't turn on all the lights. It just turned on the lights that she needed to get to the elevator that she rode. The elevator knew that she was there and was waiting with open doors. Took her straight to her cubicle where again, the hallway was lit just to the aisles that led to her cubicle. It turned on the lights in her cubicle as she approached. It adjusted the room's temperature to her preferred temperature at that time of the morning. So I guess she got to work early a lot. In another video, I saw a man open his refrigerator to have it, and I'm talking about the refrigerator, tell him what the refrigerator contained that he might want to eat, what he could prepare with it, and then what he should prepare with it to continue his weight loss momentum. Now this is all powered by a litany of embedded sensors. And I keep using that word embedded because to me it means hidden. And when I hear hidden, it reminds me that there may be so many you can't count them. That's kind of what litany means, a whole bunch of them. And if there are a whole bunch, then my spidey sense says, well, that means it's generating a lot of data that's being looked at by somebody, that's being harvested by somebody, that's being sold to somebody else. And those kinds of things scare me because I've done a lot of work in the world of analytics, data visualization, and, and I understand the volume of data collected from everything, but especially from sensors. So all of this excites me, but I see some things to beware, right? My, my spidey sensors, if you will, please allow me that. They, they tingle a lot when I look at some of these futuristic things that kind of take away our need to think. We need to think about that. So when my spidey senses tingle, that tells me I'm approaching a great opportunity for solution, which is a very euphemistic way of saying, okay, y'all, we, we got a problem here. See, we live in a world that strives to know everything about everything, supposedly for the comfort of its people. 
that's a noble goal that can be pursued through multiple avenues. It can be pursued certainly through technology, but it can also be pursued by creating relationships, whole and healed relationships, reconciled relationships. We're going to explore both in this project in hopes of inspiring a more balanced effort in our engineering and problem solving. And thank you for bearing with me through this one. Now this one's going to take a little departure and it might not look like STEM at the end, but it sure is going to look like some engineering and problem solving. Now materials are simple and straightforward with this one. You need paper, engineering notebook, or run-of-the-mill paper. Just something on which you can write notes and something you can write those notes with. And then it would help if you have a handheld video recording device. Now, I'll tell you a secret, I've heard that almost every student in America has a smartphone with a camera. So handheld video recording devices should be covered. It could be that they don't have much space on their phones, but they'll have they'll have smartphones. All right. Procedure. Well, I say begin by watching these videos, not necessarily the ones that I watch, but I, I put three in there for you to watch that I think are cool, to at least orient students to what is coming. Smart buildings, the internet of things, and the furor, or I should say euphoria, around all of them because, boy, this is going to employ a whole lot of people and give us lots of things that we need and probably lots more things that we may not need. But I, I digress. I'm sorry for all the editorializing here, but this one kind of grabbed me. So I felt like I needed to say something. So the videos, uh, one's called Designing Smart Building Environments, which is career-oriented. The engineer talks about how he entered into this field and what he gets to do on a daily basis. Those are always good to learn from the direct experiences of another person. There's one called Day in the Life of a Smart Building. Now, word to the wise, this one is a commercial for Honeywell. It's a four and a half minute commercial, but it does a very good job of showing you what these smart buildings can do and what all of the stuff looks like. See, when I watched this, I said, man, this building looks like it's always looked, but it's got all these sensors, these connected sensors that can accomplish and execute all of these tasks for your comfort. And then finally, there's a video on the Internet of Things that's, that's pretty good. Next thing, though, is what I would call using Spidey sensors to build smart schools. This is my effort to have you unplug, unplug, get away from technology for a second, and apply your natural engineering problem-solving skills to improving the culture, climate, and community at, at your present school. A noble effort. See, I think one common thread among all of us is that we either attend or have attended schools that are not perfect. Raise your hand. Yeah, we all have. If we were asked to offer solutions, how would we describe and address the problems? First and foremost, what would you call these problems? What words would you use? Then how would you address them? If we offer nothing more 
than if we were offered nothing more than an opportunity to work, what would we do to initiate, measure, and sustain change? I don't know, but let's explore. Assign students to teams of three to four and allow them to brainstorm to identify two or three key common issues because these students are from all over. Let them identify key common issues that exist at their respective schools. The list below is not exhaustive, but may help the students to target their ideas. I'll just speak them off here. There's a catch-all category that I call school, culture, climate, and community challenges. This includes student discipline, relationships, and I'm talking about relationships between students, relationships between teachers and students, between teachers and teachers, teachers and administrators, administrators and board members, board members and parents, and teachers and parents, and all the combinations of stakeholders in a school. They have relationships, and those relationships can go awry. Attendance, achievement, enrollment, the traditional things that schools are, are rated on, parental engagement, finance, then we got punctuality, we got transportation options or lack thereof, course options or lack thereof, excessive standardized testing, long lunch lines, poor lunch choices, small lockers, hallway traffic, classroom temperatures that could be addressed by these sensors and smart building technology. Then challenge the students to create and deliver three to five minute presentations that creatively describe these problems at their schools and potential remedies. Now to illustrate the range of creative possibilities, consider sharing this list, which again I'll speak out loud here, of previous presentations that I have witness from students. I once saw a music playlist and I've even seen a song mashup where the songs describe the problem, possible solutions, and sometimes both. I think that was really, that was, that was neat. I remember another where there was a class president campaign promise speech. If elected, I will. That was pretty effective at drawing attention to the problems in a creative and humorous way because well, we know these promises sometimes don't get kept, right? I've even seen students present strategic plans, formal analysis of school strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, SWOT analysis, along with the setting of specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely goals. They call those SMART goals. And a plan to achieve the goals. Now this one was delivered tongue-in-cheek because SWOT analysis and SMART goals are just prevalent in school administration everywhere. And you hear it so much, you tune it out. But when students speak that language, it's so funny, it makes you pay attention to it. It really does. I recall opinion editorials or letter writing campaigns, letters to the editor type deals or letters directly to school stakeholders. Letters are powerful communicators because you are speaking directly to someone. And if you can write a letter with beautiful language, neutral language, not an attacking type of language, 
it's hard to ignore that, even if you don't get a response from the person you wrote it to, anybody else who reads it, it will impact them. Remember though, it's, it's beautiful language and neutral language that will draw people to you, not, not an attacking or even a defensive type of language. Then the final idea is social media memes used as part of an online advertising strategy. I've seen that be very impactful, like that a lot. Now as I wrap this one up, there are no extensions for this one. There's no scaling for this one. And I would even suggest that since it breaks with the STEM theme just a teeny weeny bit, you may want to use this as the last project because the other nine that we've produced here are pretty significant in their direct connections to an illustration of engineering and careers in the engineering world. This one does take a slight departure, so maybe you use it on the last day when the students might be a little stemmed out. Because at the end of the day, 30 years ago, things that I learned to apply, I now apply in a very human way. I'm a humanitarian more than I am an engineer, but I use everything that I've ever learned in the engineering realm and I apply it to solving the problems of our existing state. And there's no magic bullet that says anybody has to choose any certain path for their skill sets, but I know I'm, I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on and I wouldn't have gotten here without engineering. So I respect knowledge, I respect science and the application of such. But I also would prefer now at this stage of my life to apply it directly to solving the problems of people which are pronounced and may not get as much of our attention as they should. Thank you for indulging me. And again, sorry for all the editorializing, but boy, I, I got pushed here on this one in doing the research for the project. So anyway, thank you for listening. I will see you soon.